Hi, this is Matt Stagliano, and thanks for being part of the Artist Forge. We're a community of creatives who help each other think like an artist by discussing creativity as a process instead of a skill or a talent. We believe everyone has what it takes to create something amazing, we just need some encouragement and inspiration along the way. What you're about to hear is a live recording of one of our daily discussions on the Clubhouse app. If you like what you hear, I encourage you to join our private Facebook group or visit us on the web at theartistforge.com. Now on to the show. All right, y'all. Well, it is Monday. We already have so many friends with us here this morning, and I am super honored to welcome you back to Morning Walk and Talk with the Artist Forge. Um, this week, it's Morning Walk and Business Talk, and will be for the next month. So we are going to be looking at the very foundations of our business, how we decide what our philosophy of business is going to be, and then getting into some of the more technical things like how we structure our business and what type of business it is. And this month we're looking at it essentially as the Artist Forge MBA. So thank you to Ari for that suggested name. Um, so this week is gonna be the kind of early on nuts and bolts that we need to get in place to build the rest of the business structure on top of. And I wanted to start by talking about the philosophy of business, because I think there are a few things we really need to understand about why we're in business, what our business means to our lives, what we want it to represent and how we want it to be in the marketplace. Um, and all of that comes down to what philosophy we have about our business. And that is gonna come into play again later on when we talk about writing up a business plan and things like a vision statement and a mission statement. So this particular philosophy is gonna become really influential later. Also, as we talk about things like non-negotiables in our business um, and how those can act like bumpers in a bowling lane that kind of keep us going on the right path. So. I'm glad you're here for that. I'm looking forward to this week and the rest of this month. I think this is gonna really set us up for the year ahead so that we can move forward and make any changes to our businesses that need to be made. And if we're just getting off the ground, this will hopefully give us a really solid foundation to plan a business that is going to thrive. So what is a philosophy of business? Why is it important? If you've been here with Artist Forge for any amount of time, um, one of the things that we have talked about is figuring out our why. And this was an exercise that we did a few months ago where we asked ourselves why over and over again until we got to the very bottom, until there were no more answers that we could give to figure out why we chose the act of creation as the model for our business. Why are we artists, photographers, musicians, etc.? Just tracing that idea all the way back down. And we want to do that again for our business and see if we can come up with what is essentially a mission statement for the business itself. Why does the business exist? What is our philosophy of business? And it would be very easy and a little bit of a scapegoat to say, well, it exists to make money. Of course, all businesses exist to make money, 
but you chose this business and you're going to get to choose how that business is structured, what it sells, who the target market is, where it sells it, what type of products it sells, um, what the customer journey is like, how you run your sales processes, all of those kinds of things come back to the philosophy that you choose for why your business exists. And you can essentially look at this in a way like a tagline, right? Um, I've mentioned before the reason that I, the reason that I do photography is to build bridges back to fairyland. I'm inviting folks back to that place where they believe anything is possible and that there are things beyond their understanding, wonderful and magical things in them and in the world that they live in. And overall, the goal of everything else I do is to facilitate storytelling. So I want people to tell their own stories. I want to help people learn how to tell the stories that they need to tell. And so at the very heart of everything, um, everything comes back to that one philosophy. I want to tell stories that matter, stories that impact people, and I want to help them tell their stories. So that's two examples in my own life. And what we can do is ask ourselves, why does this business exist? Why is it going to be here? Not just the reason that any business is here to make money, but the reason I have built this thing this way, or I will build this thing this way. Um, and that could be a myriad of things. Um, we've talked about connection. We've talked about creativity. There's no wrong answer here. It just needs to be one that matters enough that you will put in the amount of time, effort, blood, sweat, tears. Um, you're going to be building the sweat equity. So what is important enough about the existence of this business for you to do everything you need to do in order to make it successful? Because remember, you could be working for somebody to pay your bills. You don't have to start a business. So there must be some deep reason that made you choose this above anything else. And even if the answer is just, I don't wanna work for somebody else and this is all I'm good at, that's not a bad place to start. But my guess is that there will be even a deeper reason than that. Something tied to who you are and how you want to exist in the world and the kind of value you wanna provide. So I wanna begin by asking our wonderful moderators this morning, if you were to look at the business that you have built and try to distill some kind of philosophy, why does your business exist beyond just, this is how I pay my bills, would you be able to do that? And if not, do you think that's something we can explore today and, uh, and pick apart a little bit so that folks in the audience who have already built their business but never really bothered to look at what the philosophy of their business is will be able to follow in our steps. I think it's actually important to note that as you build your business over time, you should actually revisit this question um, because the, the evolution of that why and that purpose is a thing and that why will deepen and expand as you grow in your business. Ooh, that's such a good point, Kat, and you're absolutely right. Hey, good morning, everyone. I just want to jump in first, if you don't mind, simply because I uh, I do have to leave soon. I'm waiting for a client for a photo shoot. 
uh, great way to kick off the subject. I just want to say that to kind of answer your question, Nicole, in, in my case, I try to boil it down to the simplest common denominator. And for me, it's uh, my need to, or at least my want, uh, to try to make a positive impact, on, positive impact on anybody I deal with, whether it's small or big. And I do this because I want people to leave every experience that they have with me either a little more confident, either a little bit smarter, either a little bit uh, feeling better about themselves. Uh, and, uh, and, and I come from a place, as you guys know, from a place of uh, service and generosity. And that's the reason I'm in business is to actually, it's one way to manifest how I live my life. And I'm happy when somebody says, you had a very small positive impact on me. And that's all I need in life. So everything is built around that fundamentally. And obviously I can put many more words around why I do this and how I make women feel and how I do my, how I, you know, why I want my, you know, what exactly do I do for them? But uh, fundamentally, this is what it is. I love that, Bassam. And um, you reminded me then just a little bit of um, the time that I interviewed Brooke Shaden when I asked her, you know, what is her why? And she simply said, because this is the greatest good I have to give to the world. And I love that so much. And I love that this is a manifestation for you of just who you want to be. This is just another aspect of you being able to be the person that you can be proud of in this life. And um, I just think that that's really beautiful and powerful. And I would ask, do you, is there any specific thing tied to photography that makes it the right way? For you to do this because I know you also do this in your business consulting as well um, but there must have been something about photography that made it be one of the right choices as a way to manifest that desire yeah no absolutely and when I when I you know I get it both from photography and I get it from one-on-one -on -one coaching with people maybe not necessarily business consulting as such for a company but when I do one-on-one -on -one coaching it's almost the same same uh, thing. And, and what photography brings, well, obviously my passion for photography uh, started without really knowing why I want to be in the business of photography. So there's a passion behind it about photography. There's a passion about connecting with people, getting to know them, getting them to have fun, getting them to open up, getting them, asking them probing questions that we can get into. And, and I do that with my photography clients as much as my coaching. I make people think about certain things. I help them you know, analyze things that they never thought about. And it just creates a, an atmosphere of, of connection that I just thrive in and I, and I like experiencing. So combining that passion for photography with that, with that connection with people and conversation with people is really why I think I do it through photography. I mean, I can't see myself doing photography, you know, landscape photography because there's no interaction with people. Uh, there's personal satisfaction, but there's no that, that I guess, feedback and validation that I am serving my purpose uh, by doing something different than, than people photography. But yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, and I love that as our first example because I feel like that's broad enough that a lot of people will be able to connect with that as a really good starting point. Um, and what I want us to keep in mind when we're talking about the philosophy of our business is 
number one, exactly like Kat says, this is something that should grow and change as we grow and change, but it will often keep its roots kind of in the same place. It'll just expand to encompass more things. And sometimes it will go through a complete change and that's okay too. We just need to know what those things are so that we maintain the right trajectory. And I think Bassam having the very baseline be that I wanna make a positive impact in people's life through this connection and the intimacy that a camera provides. I mean, that is a pretty beautiful place um, to be. And the reason that it's so important to know this is that you will be able to sense when things start going on the wrong track. And there's going to be times in our journey as business people when we start to shift into other areas um, almost without realizing it because we've happened to come across something that maybe just really worked or a season will hit. Um, I ended up weirdly falling into marketing for other businesses, even though that is not my favorite thing. Everybody knows this. I understand it and I can do it, but I don't love it. Um, and so once I did the thing for somebody, other people went, hey, I heard you did the thing for somebody. Can you come do the thing for me? And because it earned money and because I have a hard time saying no, I'm doing the thing for other people and not necessarily happy about it. Like it doesn't necessarily fulfill my three, and, and we don't have to get into this today, but I've mentioned this before that I, I have a, a kind of a manifesto for my, for my professional life. And um, it's kind of three rules that I look at. And if something falls within those three rules, I consider it a good option. And that is, does it help me tell stories? Does it help me help other people tell stories? And does it contribute to the health, welfare, and happiness of my family? And so doing marketing for other people does help contribute to the health, happiness, and welfare of my family because it brings in that income. But it really, um, you know, in those other two places, it can fall into a little bit more of a questionable area. So those things combined with what my baseline is are letting me know that if I push too far into this area, I'm really straying from the whole reason that my professional existence is here. So it becomes those guardrails that keep me on the path. Um, and I can only imagine, Basam, for you, that when you have interactions that don't fit in with those goals that you have for yourself, you must be able to feel that, right? Like this did not live up to why I'm here every day. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, people get their motivation in many different ways. Um, and, you know, for, for example, I don't get motivation from money, although I love money, don't get me wrong. But I can have a client spend a lot of money, but if that feeling wasn't there while I was serving them, it just doesn't. I'd rather have a free client or somebody who we, I collaborate with or somebody that pays very discounted pricing, but appreciates and makes me feel and they feel what I want them to feel and make me feel that way. I'd rather have that anytime. And yes, you're right. You feel it right away. You're not going to feel the money right away. You're not going to feel this. You're not going to feel, but that feeling as you are doing your thing, you get or you don't get that feeling. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I feel like it just becomes, um, it becomes that, that, that flag that points you back towards your purpose and reminds you of why you're there. And 
that's why this exercise is important because if we haven't done that yet, we won't know why something feels off. We're, it's gonna be harder for us to recognize whether or not we're staying true to this path that we've set ourselves on. So thank you for sharing that, Basam. I think that was a really fantastic place to start um, and definitely wanna now begin picking on the other moderators. Do y'all have a philosophy for business? If you do, what is it? How does For those of you that were in college, did you ever make a jungle juice where you just kind of poured whatever was left in the bottles into one big bowl and drink that? Because I feel like my entire career is made up of Nicole and Kat and Bassam and everything that you guys put out. I'm like, oh, yeah, I recognize myself in that. I recognize myself in that. So I think, you know, the biggest thing, Nicole, is that um, – what Kat said at the beginning about growing over time and changing is pretty much the the bottom line of, of my story. I came out of corporate and didn't know what I wanted to do, really had no idea, fell into photography. People started asking me to do the thing for them because I kind of got photography and they started asking me for that stuff. I figured I could get paid for it. That's what launched me into business. I had no desire or um, expectation that I'd be a photographer, but people started paying me. I started getting commercial jobs. I said I should probably make a business out of this. Coming out of corporate, I wanted it to be like a corporation. I wanted it to be very rigid. I wanted to be Don Draper and have a team of creatives underneath me, and I would be managing. Over time, every single bit of that has changed. And I find myself now more interested in the connection and making sure that I'm serving somebody at the end of the day, rather than about the capitalism or like Bassam was saying about the number on the profit and loss sheet. And it's been really interesting because if you asked me 10 years ago when I started, would I be in this position? I'd be like, no, I'm going to have this large agency and whatnot. But as everything has changed and I've now been able to craft the business that I want, it does become about the philosophy for me, about staying true to my non-negotiables, staying true to my you know, moral and creative true north. And that is what matters to me. I'm now rebuilding my business around that rather than trying to have a business and force a philosophy into it. Does that make sense? Oof. Okay. Two things there. First, I was not in college, but I definitely did have jungle juice, although we called it a spody, um, poured it into a bunch of fruit, which is way better because then you get to eat the fruit. Um, <laughs> so I definitely, I connected with you there and looking at kind of all those different influences that come together to give you what you have. Um, but then I think what you just said about instead of trying to force a philosophy onto the business, you're making adjustments to the business to suit the philosophy. And I really, really love that. And so do you feel like this understanding of why you're doing what you're doing, um, that kind of just grew for you over time and experience? Did you have like a eureka moment or how did you recognize that um, this, this business really exists as a, as a kind of key for connection? I, I think... I think I mentioned it, um, that I feel 
in my core that I was put here to be like a guide or a teacher, um, a leader of some sort, right? That doesn't mean I'm, I'm front and center and everything, but I'm the guide for someone else. And I've done that through teaching and managing and leading teams and so on and so forth. What I found was that the definition of that just shifted a little bit. And I'm now able to guide people to seeing themselves. I'm able to guide them to connect with different parts of themselves that they hadn't seen before. And it's only through photography that I'm able to do that. I can make quick connections with people when I'm face to face. It's having them listen to me and say, you know, hey, you're going you're gonna to connect with these parts of yourself. And they don't believe me until they see the photographs. And I realize that I'm able to do that leading and guiding and teaching through photography. It was just a matter of shifting my perspective and shifting the definition on it that really locked it in for me. Ooh, I love that. I love it. I love it. Okay. So now that you recognize that that is the philosophy, that that's kind of the core of why you're doing what you're doing, how have you begun to make those changes in your business to support that philosophy? So a perfect example is what I'm going through at the moment. I'm a big believer in prints and I believe everybody should have prints in the physical photographs. And for a long time, I fought against digital onlys because I felt like I was cheapening myself or devaluing what I do by not providing prints. I'm starting to understand my client more and that despite what I feel, they might not want prints. They might want digital only. So I'm developing a new type of way of talking about that with the clients so that I can provide them digitals only, that I still feel valued, that they still get value, and you know everybody's happy. So I'm not sitting here hammering them with prints and prints and prints. I'm listening to what they need and solving their problem. It's kind of that easy. So that's how I'm, you know, refiguring something in the concrete. Yes. Oh, that's such a good example. Okay. I love that because it's definitely going to stride the line for some folks who are like, well, I'm in business because I believe a certain thing and we have to, we have to hold that and recognize that's important. But if you find the people who want to come to you, don't necessarily desire that, that certain thing, how do you go about going, okay, do I shift this? Because I believe it's important for people to have prints. Why do I believe that? Like, what is it about the print that I feel like is so important that I think people need to have this thing? And if my clients don't necessarily want that, how do I, like, how do you make that mental shift, Matt, to where you say, okay, I'm, I'm here for connection. I'm here to serve their needs, to help them get to this place where they learn something about themselves. Um, but you still feel like a print is important. So how, do, how have you begun to shift that mindset so that it allows you to actually make those changes that align more with your philosophy? So this is gonna get woo woo, but I put my ego aside because I realize it's not about me. It's not about what I believe. It's not about what I care about. I can explain all of that to the client and hope that they understand it and perhaps they'll come to an agreement of it with me, but I'm not them. So why let my ego take over and, you know, start resenting them that they don't want prints or, you know, feeling like they're, they're not valuing what I do as an artist. None of that matters. It's about the service to the client. 
And if what they want after hearing all of my spiel still just want digitals, okay, then let me give you what you want. Let me, you know, change what I do to help you because it's not hurting me at all. It's not, you know, changing my philosophy of the business. I'm just making my products better and more accessible to you. So, yeah, as long as it's not compromising the philosophy and the, you know, the the things that I adhere to as a business owner for my business, then why not try to find creative ways to serve? And that's what I feel like I'm doing. I'm not changing anything. I'm just altering the way it's delivered. Ooh, yes. Okay. We've had a couple super fantastic examples so far. I love that we've been able to see, number one, how somebody kind of comes to understanding what their philosophy is um, in Bassam's case and in your case. And then number two, seeing how we can actually begin to, if we have already established our business, begin to make some of those changes that help us better align with that philosophy. So it doesn't all have to start at once. I know for those of us who already have established businesses and maybe we're starting to realize that we have not given the business a heart yet. And by that, I mean, you know, the core, the philosophy kind of becomes the beating heart of the business. Like why does it exist? And if we haven't done that yet, and we're now starting to recognize that it can seem a little bit like, well, oh shit, what do I do now? And even just beginning in a small place, like you just mentioned, Matt, I think is going to be super helpful for people because this doesn't all have to happen at once. Um, you can absolutely recognize what that heart is and then just start instituting things one at a time so that you can test them and see how they work and how they feel. And if they really do end up matching with that philosophy um, and then focusing on those things, doubling down on those things as you progress without having the pressure of having to do everything all at once. But you have a compass point now. You've got that trajectory. So you can move in that direction. It doesn't have to be at a million miles an hour. But as long as you're going, I think that's the important part. So Becca, Kat, do either of you guys have a philosophy of business? And if you do, how did you get it? And how do you manage it? Especially Kat, as you mentioned, the fact that it will change over time. I am. I'm still drinking my articulation potion for the morning, um, but uh, I'm also definitely in that school of thought that uh, what I create is the greatest good that I can give to other people. Um, and I, I've worked in other spheres and there's other things I'm good at and I am definitely capable and comfortable at some point of working for someone else and doing that job. But with my art, it I've reached this point where it takes everything that I am impassioned and interested about, um, like from history to, you know, an anthropology to sociology and just getting into people's heads and, you know, exploring their ideas, which is so freaking cool. The world is so cool, like so full of interesting places and people and new ideas. Like I'm at the point where I can take those things that get me so excited and communicate them to other people and help other people communicate them to the world and channeling that little level of excitement and that passion for me makes it makes the work itself so much better and it keeps me you know permanently enthused and permanently excited to hear from other people um 
And so that, you know, is always number one for me. I mean, inspiration has always, like, since I was a little kid, ruled so much in my life. It's, you know, from school to my first jobs to, you know, just my personal interests. It's There's always this level of inspiration. And now I almost get to flip that switch on demand by working with other people and helping them to communicate their ideas because I love art as communication. You know, there's a lot of things that can be talked about or read about, and that's exciting in its own. But visual communication and communicating something through strictly color and light and framing is is something that not everyone can do. But I have the opportunity to offer that to other people. And that is always going to be the, the ruling philosophy and drive for me. I love it. And how did you, so having done other things in the past, how did you start to come to this philosophy? Like, how did you codify it or realize it? Lots of sitting and brooding. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, like, so most of my other work, um, you know, it's always involved people. I don't do well, uh, completely isolated extrovert problems. Um, but, uh, you know, I worked in hospitality for a long time and I, I probably could have stayed in hospitality forever. Uh, I love working with other people. I love customer service and finding the right path for me as an artist to continue that, you know, active service, um, has been a process. You know, I, like many other people, you know, started with my love of drawing, my love of photography. And then people are like, wow, you, you have a good camera. You can take really good pictures. Maybe you should be a professional. Okay. Um, and, you know, I pursued, you know, just standard portraiture, you know, I explored various elements there and it just wasn't ever the right fit for me because it didn't hit the marks that I wanted it to hit. You know, it was like, yes, I was creating a service for people. I was helping them feel good about themselves, you know, all those reasons to go into portraiture, but it didn't explore the the deeper, more philosophical and fantastical storytelling elements for me. So it was a process to get to the point of, you know, what kind of art that can I sell that meets those requirements. And um, a lot of it was almost on accident, you know, stumbling into jobs that I didn't know if I was qualified for and then realizing, oh crap, this is exactly what I want to be doing. I just didn't know that this was out there for me. I didn't know that other people saw this potential in me. Um, so it's been it's been a long process and it has shifted a lot as Kat and Matt both talked about already. Um, so it took time and it took trial and error and accidents and luck, but... Um, here we are, and I'm sure it'll keep changing. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Becca, because for a lot of us, we're going to be going through that same journey, and it's going to take stumbling across things we didn't know were available to us for us to really start to settle in to that, oh, this is what it was supposed to be, um, to that moment, which I think is so great that Kat mentioned that in the very beginning, that it comes back to this idea that even though we have a really deep understanding sometimes of why that thing is going to shift and adjust as we grow and change and get exposed to new things and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that it's part of the journey and if you're not in a place yet where you feel like you can confidently say i have the the beating heart i have the why i have the philosophy of my business don't stress you might just need a few more experiences. You might need to 
explore just a bit more or come across a few more things before you stumble into, oh, this is how I can put these things together. Um, you never know. So don't hold anybody up to the standard that you feel like you should be reaching if you're not there yet. You're just, you're on the journey, man. Like, <laughs> I'm having a Lebowski moment, but you're on the journey, man. Like, you're, you're, you're going there. So don't push yourself yet, if that's not a thing. But it's definitely worthwhile to sit down and, like you said, ruminate a little bit and ask yourself these questions. Like, what is it and why? And then when you have the answer, ask yourself again, okay, why? I want to tell people stories. Why? Because I believe that that's how human beings connect to one another. Why? Because it's only by having that empathy for each other that we can get rid of a lot of the bullshit that separates us. We're supposed to be connected. If we don't see each other as humans, as complicated beings that are more alike than we are different, we're always gonna be at odds. And so storytelling is incredibly healing. It is a vehicle for empathy. And so being able to take that time and ruminate and ask yourself and then making sure you're experiencing things could really be uh, the absolute key for some folks to getting to that philosophy and understanding why those things will work for them. So lovely Miss Cat, do you have a philosophy of business? If you do, how did you come by it? <laughs> I have a million. No, um, actually, I really like that that you emphasized that ask yourself why every time you have an answer. Why is that? Why is that? And I would actually expound on that with trying to take yourself out of the answers and start leaning into why of the importance. What is that impact? What is the benefit, right? Because we all have at some core level, like a, a leaning toward these reasons, but the coming, you know, full circle with that is how does it make the world a better place? How does it impact the lives of the people that you're serving? And when you can start to tie those answers into your reasons, that's when that that guarantee, that promise, that purpose really starts to take shape. And you can see how everything you build in your processes and your systems need to be tied into that impact. How does this serve? How does this make this process stronger and more valuable to my audience? Uh, because when you can create that value for them, everything that lights you up will then light them up. And it's like this circular thing that occurs. And it's like the energetic shift that occurs within, at least for me as a person, when I'm able to, to bring all of that purpose and that impact, it becomes an ebb and flow thing. And that's where that that delivery becomes so powerful. And that can be for an accountant, that can be for a creative, that can be for a teacher. Any of it is based around just the philosophy that the impact that, that we as a business will have on the people that choose to do business with us 
And you can start to delineate and, and itemize what those impacts are and then, you know, develop your copy from that and your systems from that and all of the things. And it's so fucking powerful when you're able to bring all of that together to be the, the vessel in which that impact is made. Well, that's a mic drop. <laughs> Do we even need anything else after that? That was so great. So <laughs> I love like that you were able to kind of like delineate that process and how it begins to affect the business system systematically. Um, but how, so you mentioned, you know, you kind of doubled down on the asking why. Is that how you got to the bottom of what you believe your philosophy of business is? I, I think it definitely helped me sort of define more wholly uh, what those philosophies are. Uh, I think, you know, when we first started the Facebook group, I think I posted a thing from Dean Graziosi and it's his seven levels of why. Um, and that's really where that double down came from, was being able to say, okay, well, you know, like Matt gave the the example of, well, I don't want to just provide digital product and da, da 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 da. Well, why are those prints important to you? You know, and then you say, okay, well, those prints are important to me because it's a piece of legacy. It's a documentation and physical, tangible evidence that this person existed and this is the story they want to tell. Okay, why is that important? Right. And you keep asking the why. And the idea behind the the exercise is when you get to like the seventh and eighth answer. Right. You really have a more emotional connection to that. Why than just that superficial. Oh, well, because I want them to have prints. Right. And you can do that with any anything, whether it's the purpose of your business or, you know, why you are choosing to buy this car or why you are choosing this particular career or, you know, insert thing here. And when you can start getting into that, that heart response, the soul response, the response that is meaningful, you typically can tie it to something in childhood um, or an impact that was made on you that was powerful in your life. Uh, but that's really where that, that good stuff is, because when you can tie it to that soul level, then it becomes part of everything that you do. And the, the, the coal in the furnace, you know, like it's the, the firepower. Um, and that is really where you start to be able to, to define what those philosophies are in meaningful ways. And when you can define things in meaningful ways for your business and for your clients, it allows them to resonate with that on their own heart and soul levels. Cue the full body shivers. Um, and so here's, here's what I think is so powerful about that. And then I would love to have friends from the audience, go ahead and raise your hand. If you have a philosophy of business, or if you have been on that path, and you can share with us what that is, how you got there. We'd love to hear from you. So please go ahead and raise your hand today and we'll pull you up. But um, as folks are doing that, I just want to share, I've mentioned before, you know, growing up in, uh, in a household that was pretty contentious. And one of the reasons fantasy was always so important to me 
um, I realized is that it, it kind of, it helped me maintain my sanity. It helped me believe that just because we were in a certain situation, it didn't mean that we had to stay there, that, that we had power and I could go and kind of live these adventures with other people that, that reinforced that idea. But I also just realized as you were talking that the reason story became so central to me is because the reason for that contention was I lived with a lot of people who did not understand one another and they didn't have the ability to tell each other how they were being misunderstood. Um, that those conversations, being able to tell the story of your experience wasn't something that existed for my family members. And as a result of that, they were constantly tearing each other to pieces, just pulling little pieces off of one another. And if they had had the ability to tell the story of their experience without attacking one another, which is what, um, which is what their interactions became, then I really believe they would have been able to actually see each other instead of just look in the general direction of each other. Um, and so as you were explaining that, Kat, I just kind of in the background was also asking myself, well, why? And I knew the fantasy part and I knew what engaging with stories from a, a reader or a viewer's perspective, I knew why that was important to me. But why is it important to me to tell stories and to help other people tell stories? And even just that, one more step now on my journey in helping me crystallize why the things I'm choosing are important. And now that I know that, I can take more concrete steps to continue to manifest that. Like now that I know that that is a big reason, when I help other people to tell stories, it's going to be easier for me to recognize why I'm, do why I'm doing what I'm doing and make choices that really support that. So um, I have to just say thank you <laughs> for pushing that, um, pushing the whys again. All right, so I see we have a couple of friends with their hands up in the audience today. Jean and Carol will pull you up, um, but definitely want to make sure if you can, and you're in a place where you can share this morning. I know some of our friends are at work and so you can't, but if you can, this is a really important exercise, guys. So if you can come up and share, please, please do. I'm pulling you up, Carol, and then Jean. So let's hear from Carol and then hear from Jean as well. Good morning, friends. How did you come by your philosophy of business if you have one? And if you don't, what does that journey look like for you right now? Hi, um, this is Carol. Um, so my purpose in having a business was solely for money because of the work I've done over the last 20 years and getting my work out there that so that people can see it because most people have not seen the work that I do. I've done it in solitude happily and I wouldn't have minded making money along the way. I just didn't happen to know how to do that. So then why um, is to create uh, my, my exploration, experimentation, discovery. Um, and then I enjoy teaching others how to do stuff because I'm fascinated with the endless possibilities of both pattern design and discovery. So then I put um, teaching, this gets down more to, um, I don't know, the, the relatable, the part that might 
make it so that my business could be a success, maybe in connecting with people, because I like to teach people to begin to see, because I feel like half of art is the seeing, having the vision, like, for example, um, recycling, because I feel it takes true motivation, uh, innovation, sorry, to put disparate things together and have it result in something aesthetically pleasing. So I'm fascinated with the whole process. I enjoy um, you know, showing other people and teaching other people to have that kind of vision, but it has always been completely divorced from money. And <laughs> and so I'm, I'm like, okay, I hear telling stories. Well, I have a lot of stories, you know. I hear telling stories is, um, you know, uh, good to do for a business because people can relate to you. So I'm like, you know, random stories or whatever, or the stories about how I create, I can get into that and not feel, you know, I used to feel really, still do, self-conscious about it. But if I can, I always put my art in front of me. I'm behind the art. I don't want to be seen, you know, kind of thing. But if I get into explaining the excitement of, then you could, I did this, and then you can do this, and or you can do this, and all that. And then it seems to, um, you know, it transfers to other people. I feel like I've actually taught other people to see in a way that they couldn't see before. And that's a exciting reward. All of that is separate from money and business. And it's, yeah, it's going to take a while for me to to feel like I, I just don't like that part. You know, I, there's nothing about it that I like. But anyway, so those are my reasons. But um, how to how to connect them and how how to do business, first of all, is another whole life's journey i would think and then which i don't have um <laughs> and then connecting it to what my heart is and my heart is discovery exploration all the possibilities with pattern and art that there are with all the different mediums and and it's endless i never have run out of ideas but um yeah how to make that work for me and deliver in financial terms uh, is is my quest in being here. Thanks, Carol. I'm done. I Does anybody want to respond to that? Okay, good. Kat, go ahead. Yeah, I yeah. Something too, but I felt like you were going to have something. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a uh, a cat centered topic for sure. Um, Carol, I think uh, it's actually a question that many creatives, when they're determining whether or not to go into business is something that, you know, is a challenge that they face. And the solution to that is, oh, like, again, 27 layers deep. Um, but initially, you know, understanding that the money is not this devil thing, but simply an energetic response. And if you choose to make it a business, then you have to understand that it is the money is the lifeblood of the business that doesn't transform you into something terrible or negative or, or what have you. 
but allows you to have a larger reach in your purpose as an artist. And if those purposes are tied to story and experimentation and teaching and making something beautiful, then your job as the business owner is to say, okay, what is the best way that I can do this? Simply to provide that business with the profit that it would need to survive and understanding that that mindset shift is going to be critical in your success as a business owner because as you shift that mindset all of the opportunities that are out in the world that are available to you will start showing up but if you stay on the fence then maybe the answer is not to create a business out of it maybe the answer is simply to do it because you love it and that's the end right like that's where you get not i don't i shouldn't say the end but that's the end of the business aspect to where you just simply create for the sake of creation and because it feeds your soul and that's okay too um but it's got to be a choice that you make does that make sense it does make sense um i i guess it made me think further I want the money to exchange uh, for opportunity, you know, opportunities I don't currently have, comfort, um, you know, possibilities. I mean, I have all this work and it could, it could end up in a thrift shop and no one sees it. 10,000 pieces of 20 years of work, right? Um, and to not exchange that for money while I'm alive doesn't make any sense to me, you know? <clears throat> and I promised my husband a luxurious retirement on my designs is, is the way I put it back then. But um, because he's worked so hard for so many years and put up with, I mean, my house is like a studio. It's not a living space. I want him to have a nice living space and I want people to see and buy my work. So um, I do want to go through whatever I have to go through the business part um, until I get to a point just enough until I get to the point where somebody else that that is their forte um, can manage it and, and make money off of it. And I'm happy to share, you know, to share the wealth. I just, you know, want some kind of income from all of those years of work you know, because I couldn't figure it out along the way. And it was, it was hard and it was distasteful for all the things that you guys say, because you guys, you know, have had some of that experience maybe growing up of, you know, money being bad or, or whatever, all those things. But um, now it's, it's become more necessary because I only have so much more time left in my life. And I, I needed it five years ago this to happen. You know, I'm already late on the train here. So, uh, and it is distasteful, but, but, um, through you guys, I, I believe that I can learn enough to be able to know enough to be able to earn enough <laughs> to have somebody help me out with that part of it. If that makes sense, Carol, I'm done. Thanks. It does make sense, but I, I would also 
encourage you to wrap your head around like right now you're saying you want somebody to to help you with the the sales aspect which is a perfectly valid thing to want a partner in that space but in order for that to be successful you need to address your personal limiting beliefs around money so that that energy doesn't work against you when you do find that person because what's going to happen is you're going to hand over this the reins right for somebody else to to manage the sales aspect of your work all the while while you are combating with these limiting beliefs all that's going to do is train wreck their effort so you whether you have this other person or not still need to do the work around those limiting beliefs and understanding that these beliefs that you have around money are not to be blamed for right but dig into the fact that okay these are things these are beliefs that i've developed throughout my life from childhood forward and they're not my fault they were beliefs i developed while i was a developing human being and i choose to reframe these beliefs now for these reasons right and determine what those reasons are for you that money is a positive influence in your life and has the capability to transform your life so that you can provide this wonderful retirement for your husband and this you know living space that you're dreaming of that money can provide for you and understand that, okay, I'm gonna put a dollar amount on it and I have to understand that that's a good thing because it means that I will have the capacity to execute these other things and dreams I have for my life. And that takes some work, but whether or not you find somebody else to manage the sales, you still have to do that work. Thanks, I get that, I appreciate that. You know what? I have something as I'm, as I'm listening to you two, I've had quite a few things pop into my head. And the first thing was, um, of course I wanted to make sure that Kat was able to respond to that because this really is her wheelhouse. And then also it really struck me listening to you talk, Carol, you sound like a teacher to me and you sound like, somebody who maybe shouldn't necessarily be making their money in a textile business, but should be making their money by helping people see um, and going on that journey with them and being the facilitator for that journey. And I wonder whether or not something like that would make it make more sense for you to see it as an exchange of value. And I'm gonna use an analogy here this is the other thing that really popped into my head. So last week I had a few people inadvertently hold mirrors up for me to see myself in. And it shocked me a little bit. It was actually pretty emotional. I had a hard time responding. I cried some, um, it wasn't an easy, it wasn't an easy sight to see because it made me realize something about myself that I didn't know before. And that is, I have a hard time accepting generosity from people. If I feel like I haven't given them something specifically as a facilitator for that. So if I made a course, I would have no problem 
accepting money from people who bought that course. But showing up here in the morning with you guys, I was not seeing that with the same value, right? I was not seeing the fact that we're here every day, we're offering something to one another. And to have somebody say, this is a thing of value for me. And I want to show you how I value that. It didn't, <laughs> it just didn't, it made me recognize that about myself, which was a difficult thing for me to face. And when we recognize how we exchange value with one another, it can really change the way that we approach what we're doing. And I say all that as a prelude to when we are in a relationship, the relationship exists on reciprocation, right? And when we give something to someone, imagine what it must feel like for the other person to try to return that, to say, I value you. Here, let me show you how I value you. And then we say, no, please don't do that. Um, but let me keep giving you stuff. But you don't give me things. You're not allowed to show me how you appreciate me. You're not allowed to give me what you have to give in return for what I've given you. Man, that stifles the whole thing, right? The other person is all of a sudden going to feel boxed in. They don't have a way to reciprocate. They don't have you, they don't have a way to show how they value you and what you've added to their lives. And that is money. That is this exchange. That is this, I spent 20 years making art that I want to share with the world. And now you get to say, I value this. And that's how you say it. And maybe the best way for you isn't necessarily to run a textile business or to become, you know, a fashion mogul. Maybe the selling of that art becomes the side of teaching people. And that aspect of teaching is what funds your ability to pay for somebody to run that side of the business. Um, I realized that this was kind of a long, a long, uh, blab about stuff and oh no I see we've lost Jean um I hope you will be able to come back but I hope that that made sense I realize I blabbered a little bit no it's so good and the thing is my heart is in that I mean I can totally I get very very excited about um you know sharing look and you can do this or you can do this and and helping people to have <clears throat> to have that kind of vision, you know, um, yes, I, rather than, oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> yes, that's nice to me, and it, it, I mean, yeah, my stuff can go a lot of different directions, because pattern designs on anything, it's not really, and, and I get some joy in seeing that, but, um, the real, I really light up about being able to let other people begin to see and be able to see their vision change. I've done that for some people where they don't see things the same. And it's just, it's just such a, a cool thing. And being able to do that in exchange, I, I could get into that. Thank you. I'm, I'm sorry. I took up all the time. I appreciate it. 
Oh, I had a, a quick thing real quick on in that same vein, Nicole, um, I was just kind of musing on a different opportunities for Carol there. Um, so my mom is an artist and she's a multidisciplinary artist. She's a musician. She's a painter. She's a sculptor, a very talented, creative person. Um, and she's never made huge amounts of money off the art itself like she has you know regular music gigs and uh, she sells some pottery and stuff but her livelihood for the most part has been through teaching and through that joy of you know teaching children how to see and how to think creatively and she's not um, an accredited teacher she didn't go get a degree uh, she's taught um, almost exclusively in private schools and in uh, through private tutoring and that has been very lucrative for her. Um, and it also then has served as, you know, a networking opportunity for her other kinds of art specifically when she has, you know, students who are interested in a particular subject that she's been teaching or a medium that she's been teaching. And then, you know, they want to pursue uh, additional private tutoring or their parents want to hire her for a gig or commission a piece or something like that. Um, so, I mean, that obviously, I, I hate the the phrase that people will say like, Oh, if you can't do teach, cause that's such total bullshit because you're still in the art of doing, you're still going and you're creating art for yourself and, you know, for others. And then passing that along to the next generation or whoever it is that you're teaching to is such an incredibly powerful skill to have. So if that's something that you have in your community already, if there are people who need to learn art, uh, whether through a community center or a private school or something like that, uh, that might be a wonderful opportunity for you to start building up uh, a revenue flow from something artistic and also then building up your networking as well. Um, Becca, I just want to say I'm, I'm not going to do like the traditional classroom teaching anymore. I did that for a while. Again, I'm not accredited. I did teach privately, um, but I could see an online something where these are things that can be used later as well you know what i mean it could be ongoing after you know it, it, it documenting basically the processes is and being able to share that if that makes sense online thanks totally yeah that's that's i mean that's brilliant and like in the current age of the world right now there's so much remote learning and so much respect for remote learning that that could absolutely be a fantastic idea Ooh. Yes, 100% agreed. So I'm glad that we were able to walk through that all together um, because what I'm hoping is that people in the audience today who are getting to see you go through this experience of, okay, I know what I need, right? We all need to make that income. We need to make a living. And oftentimes our art is the way that we feel the most capable of doing that. And then comes this question, why, right? Um, what, what is it about this, about making things, um, about learning to communicate visually and to be able to see and share? Why does this need to be the thing? And oftentimes it really takes some hard knocks and some bumps and bruises for us to come to that conclusion and understand what the deep motivation is for why it should be this and not something else. And as I was listening to you talk, Carol, as the times that I've heard you be the most passionate are talking about 
teaching and exploring and learning and seeing and going on that journey with somebody and seeing them get to light up from that experience, which just kind of keyed me in to think we might as creators get caught up in the fact that we can make beautiful things. And, and somehow we think that that must be where our income comes from. And without realizing that those, those things can just become supplementary, like that can become our, that can be, we have to do it, right? Like we can't walk away from that. I can't not continue to make things. I must do it. Um, but that doesn't necessarily have to be where my income comes from. I can get that from teaching other people to be able to do it or from um, planning or facilitating or whatever it is. And it just made me really wonder if that would be the right road for you. Because like Becca said, it can facilitate the sale of those other pieces of art because people do want to learn. They do want to, to, to look at somebody who has done something beautiful and, and find out how they did it so they could do that for themselves. So I hope that people who are in the audience today got to see that process begin a little bit in real time and that you can look at yourself and your business and ask yourself, okay, so how does that apply to me? Does it apply? Am I in a place where my business is moving forward, but I don't have that deep heart motivation, that philosophy that is going to sustain me through all of the hurdles I'm going to have to jump through? Because my, my guess is that when it comes to earning a living off of something that doesn't light you up, the ability to motivate yourself to do the other parts you don't like is going to be so much more diminished compared to our ability to do those things when it aligns with what lights us up and what makes us feel passionate and excited. And we can still do the other things, but maybe those things become supplementary. So if you're here in the audience today and you haven't got to that place yet where you really have a philosophy of business. Number one, you're not allowed to guilt trip yourself about that. So I've decided that for you. <laughs> and uh, I want to make sure that you take that to heart. You're not allowed to guilt trip yourself for it. You are on a journey toward that place. But do take some time and reflect. Think about it and ask yourself, why? Why do I want to run this business? Why does it feel to me like running a photography business or a painting business or a teaching business or whatever it is. Why does it feel like that has to be the thing? Why have I landed here as opposed to other places? And then when you answer that question, ask yourself, okay, so why? Continue to push that until you don't have an answer anymore, until you've got to that deep heart place, that emotional place, it's gonna feel some kind of way, guys. When you get that answer, it's going to feel like a hammer struck a bell inside your chest. At least for me, that was the experience. Um, and it, it turned on the light that through everything else I knew about myself, it, it got rid of the shadows. Um, it lit up everything in a new way so that I could see it and understand it from a perspective I've never seen before. And it throws that light backwards. That's the really interesting thing is it's not just lighting up where you are now it throws that light backwards and illuminates all of the other things that you didn't even think to look at before. So do that for yourself. Give yourself that gift. Ask yourself those questions and then take a look at how the answer is going to help you frame 
everything that you do with your business, because you'll see as we dive into each one of our respective businesses over the next four weeks, you're going to see this philosophy come back over and over. It's going to manifest itself in how we deal with our customers. It's going to manifest itself in the kind of products we sell and how we sell them. It's going to become kind of the beating heart and the blood that pumps through our business. So tomorrow we are going to talk about um, the non-negotiables. So now that we understand what it looks like to have a philosophy at the heart of our business, we're going to talk about those non-negotiables that become the guardrails. When we cross those lines, we recognize, nope, this, this isn't something that's going to happen. If I cannot do the thing this way, then it's not worth doing, right? If, if I see that my clients are not walking away feeling like they have changed, then this isn't worth doing. That is a non-negotiable for me. At the heart of this must be the ability to serve them in that way. Um, so we'll talk about those tomorrow. I hope we'll have Bassam with us because obviously he is kind of the king of this. And if you haven't heard of the non-negotiables yet, please head over to theartistforge.com. Bassam has written a fantastic article on non-negotiables that you can look at so that you have a good primer for what we're going to talk about tomorrow, how our philosophy informs those non-negotiables and those non-negotiables help us steer our businesses in the direction that we want to go. And for the rest of this week, that's going to be um, what we focus on, we're going to look at the type of business. So once we have the heart of the business, what type of business is it? We'll talk a little bit about things like being a sole proprietor versus running an LLC or an S corp. And then we'll talk about business structure as well and how we can plan what that structure looks like so that it supports the philosophy also. All right, y'all. We don't have a whole lot of time because we've already gone over our hour, but I do want to allow for a couple final thoughts. So if you have a final thought, now is the time to share it. And then we are going to close things down for today. No final thoughts here. What a great discussion it was today. I'm uh, already starting to make some notes for non-negotiables tomorrow. <laughs> All right. If we don't have any other final thoughts, then let me just say thank you so much to everybody for being here today, for participating in this conversation. I hope you will join us tomorrow as we talk about non-negotiables and how we structure those to help us support the philosophy of our business. I hope you will be here for that. And if you're getting value from this, y'all, please, please let other people know that we are here because if it matters to you, there's a really good chance that it's going to matter to them as well. So let them know that we're here. Pull them in. Um, you can share the club. You can let folks know where it's at. Just point them in this direction. We want people to be able to profit from this. And hopefully... We will see you sharing your thoughts and ideas in the Facebook group that has been going beautifully so far and visit theartistforge.com and check out the articles that are there so you can get a good feel for who we are, why we're here, share that with folks. And we will see you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's six for the West Coast, nine for the East Coast, afternoon for our friends overseas. In the meantime, go make something amazing and we will see you tomorrow morning. Thanks again for listening to this live Clubhouse discussion moderated by all of us at The Artist Forge. We hope you found the information useful and that it helps you gain a little bit of insight as to how you work on your craft. For more episodes, please join us each weekday on Clubhouse or visit theartistforge.com. Now go make something incredible.